You are listening to The Benchcast with your host, the man whose business is benching, Coach Ben. Thank you for joining in. We have a great podcast for you today on The Benchcast. So we are taking live questions uh, from both Facebook and Instagram. So if anyone has any questions today, you can drop them in the comments. Uh, but the topic of today's podcast, do you need to gain weight to bench big? All right. Uh, now, I'd be lying to you if I said gaining weight isn't one of the quickest ways to up your bench press. All right. If you gain weight, your bench press should definitely go up. If your bench press is not going up while you're gaining weight, then something's probably terribly wrong with your training. Because gaining weight is a surefire way for your bench to, to go up. You know, whether you're gaining mostly fat, hopefully a lot of that's muscle too. But if you're seeing weight gain on the scale, especially a substantial amount, your bench press should be flying up. It should feel better than ever. Uh, you know, it's it's going to be the quickest way, like I said, to actually gain on your bench press. And it's something that I'd recommend to lifters who've been plateaued for a long time. You know, did you think about gaining some body weight or going into a bulking cycle? Even if you're trying to gain weight slowly, you know, the quickest way, again, to get your bench up, gain some muscle mass. So, obviously, gaining some weight is going to up your bench big time. But do you need to gain weight in order to increase your bench press? And I think we know the answer to this. You know, the answer, of course, is no, you don't need to. Does it help? Yeah, absolutely. But you don't need to gain weight to bench big. And you could actually lose weight and see substantial gain. All right, it just depends on how hard you're willing to work. Uh, you know, the training adaptations that you're developing. You know, a lot goes into getting strong, and we're going to talk about that a little bit today. So weight helps. Mass moves mass. I'm sure you've heard about that before. You've heard that phrase, mass moves mass. Well, very true. You know, um, you know, more mass is going to carry more momentum, going to be powerful. You're going to probably have more muscle than someone um, that who is not as big as you, usually the case. Uh, that's why you see a lot of heavier set people have early success with training even if they haven't trained previously because they've been eating to grow you know essentially even if they're still um, majority fat than muscle they've been eating enough to support growth all right so they are usually going to catch on quicker they're going to be able to build muscle uh, in a more substantial way early on so you know, being heavier set certainly should help um, your potential on the bench press. However, I know nowadays with powerlifting, it's taken a major shift. You see a lot of lifters today, especially at a high level, they're very lean. And they're hitting just as good numbers uh, as back in the day when everyone was just focused on eating as much as possible and not caring about getting fat. Um, so you can see that's a huge shift that's been occurring over the years. So, you know, no one wants to look fat and out of shape. You know, powerlifting's kind of taken that turn where you want to look good and you want to be able to perform at a high level. And that can be done, all right? Definitely can be done. Uh, I have a great example 
of a lifter on our team who has just uh, blown that out of the water recently. Uh, his name is Nick Gaskin out in Australia, and he uh, he has lost a substantial amount of weight. I've posted on our sto- our Instagram stories uh, his progress photos, and you know he was rather lean to begin with. Uh, you know he was carrying some extra baggage, if you say that. But uh, you know he was a relatively lean person. He wasn't um, you know a three hundred plus uh, pound person or anything like that. But he was already relatively lean but the the amount he got lean in that photo he really shredded up and you know you would think the the testament is that hey we're gonna have our back our bench is gonna be affected from losing weight and that's not necessarily the case you know nick put on i think it was about 15 20 kilos to his bench um you know substantial amount you know he added a ton to his bench press he's been putting in the work with his training uh, he's been making incredible progress both in training and with his weight loss. And I think he's starting to um, go into a maintenance phase now with his uh, weight loss. So once he starts adding some substantial muscle as well, we can expect to see that bench jump even more. So for a lifter like that, he's a great example. <clears throat> it can be done. And I am very excited for his future uh, to see what he can add once he starts to you know, up the calories again and gain a little bit of weight. But, uh, yeah, that he, he's a great example of someone who has made tremendous progress on the bench press without having to necessarily gain weight, all right, and while cutting weight, which is very difficult to do, all right. And the more advanced you are, the more you're probably going to be affected from weight loss on the bench press, all right. Uh, if you are a novice lifter, if you are someone uh, getting into the sport or have been there for a little bit but still have some development to do, especially when it comes to technique, uh, it's going to be a lot easier for you to cut weight or maintain weight while seeing substantial increases in your bench press. All right, Because again, I said a lot goes into strength than just gaining muscle. So there's a lot to be said about getting stronger, seeing more weight uh, be moved on the bar um you know versus your your body weight okay so an advanced lifter someone who's already kind of capped out their potential in terms of technique uh, in terms of a lot of those neural adaptations right someone who's more advanced is going to find that they are going to uh, receive a bigger hit or gain by losing or gaining weight okay so Again, the more advanced you are, the probably the more that you're going to be affected when you cut or gain weight, uh, positive or negative. But again, it doesn't necessarily have to be the case. And I'm going to get into why, you know, what goes into strength gain. Again, it's not just muscle gain. You know, usually we eat more to um, you know, promote muscle gain. So we're usually in that bulking phase, quote unquote bulking phase, okay? Uh, but what goes into strength gain? A lot has to do with the nervous system. All right, so it, it's not just gaining muscle mass. Again, it's uh, about training your nervous system. And so, what does that look like? Okay, what does training a nervous system mean? All right, you hear that get thrown around a lot. Well, there's a lot to be said about how. Your brain signals the muscle you have to contract. Um, you know, it's 
a rate of force production. So if you're able to get your mind to signal your muscles to contract at a quicker rate, that's going to aid in your strength. If you're able to send a stronger signal to your muscles to contract, you know, that's all going to help you gain strength. And something to be said too for getting all your muscle fibers to fire at once. Um, so there, uh, one uh, nervous, uh, one nerve is only going to stimulate so many muscle fibers. Okay, that's called a motor unit. Gotta draw back on my, uh, my college days. But uh, that's called a motor unit, okay? So each nerve's going to fire a few different muscle fibers, okay? And the more you can get all those nerves to fire in unison to activate all those muscle fibers, right, the stronger you're going to become. That has nothing to do with how much muscle you have. Obviously, you have more muscle. That's going to yield bigger strength. But you're pretty much taking the muscle you have and making it work more efficiently, all right, so that's what we say when we say training the nervous system. Uh, a lot of that has to do with how the nerves are impulsing the muscles, uh, getting everything to fire stronger and in more unison uh, to create more strength, adding more weight to the bar. Uh, a lot to be said here too for technique. Uh, obviously, this is one of the biggest areas that you can see improvements in uh, when you're also losing weight. Now, at first, someone who's a little bit bigger, if they drop in weight, Okay, uh, they're probably going to have to work a little bit at it because now their proportions are different. So say you have a really heavy set lifter. Of course, they're a little more padded. That actually cuts, uh, cuts down the range of motion a little bit. Okay, so when they start to drop weight, now also their touch points dropping a little bit because they're not as heavy set. Their chest is actually coming down a little bit. Um, you know, with an equip lifter, you have less of a belly. You know, if you're an equipped lifter, having a big belly is a huge benefit to you because you're touching down towards your belly. Once you lose that belly, yeah, it's going to be very tough for you to overcome that because you're so used to having that touch point be there for you, and now it's about an inch less. You know what I'm saying? So that's a hurdle that you have to overcome once you start dropping weight for sure. Uh, so you have to keep that in mind. But, um, you know, you can, you can find that... Uh, you can still have a lot of success when you don't have that muscle mass there, okay? Uh, how you train the nervous system is, or when you, sorry, when you don't have that, that fat still there, if that makes sense, all right? So how to train the nervous system, cat work, okay? This is something that I try to uh, get our lifters to do who are in a cutting phase, cat work, max effort work heavy holds, isometrics, these are all ways to train the nervous system, all right, so um, this is important because like I just said, it, it, when you're cutting weight, you're maintaining, this isn't really a time um, that's going to be very conducive to growing muscle, all right, just because we're not, we're not feeding our bodies enough calories essentially to maintain what we have. Uh, so it's going to be very, very difficult to gain muscle during this time when you're losing weight. But this is a prime time to try to make gains elsewhere. So like I said, um, cat work is going to promote getting those muscle fibers to fire in unison all at once. Okay, Max effort work, that is going to also train the nervous system because we have to 
be able to create maximal tightness. You know, max effort work is going to force you to get tight because if you're not tight with max effort work, you ain't moving the weight. Okay, heavy holds, being able to take out a weight and just stabilize it. Again, that's a max effort type of situation. And the same with isometrics. So if you do an iso pin press, okay, that's getting you to work at max effort in a very specific range of motion. But that's also going to cause more of a nervous system adaptation, uh, not just an adaptation in hypertrophy. Okay, so um, obviously, like I touched on earlier, technique again going to be the biggest thing as well so that should be something that you're always focusing in on uh, but that can really help your lift substantially when you're in a period of maintaining body weight and or cutting weight okay um, and we got a question here cyclonic rabbit can you elaborate on how fast twitch muscle carry over to strength and moving weight fast uh, equals moving heavy iron uh, thank you for the question there, my friend. So fast twitch muscle fibers is obviously what we're looking to um, use when we're talking about weight training. All right, We have two types of muscle fibers. We have fast twitch, we have slow twitch. All right, and slow twitch is going to be more of your endurance-based muscle fibers. All right, so they're going to have a lot more, like mitochondria is going to be in those muscle fibers, you know, things that are going to promote endurance, um, things that are going to be aerobic. Now, fast twitch muscle fibers, okay, is an anaerobic system there, so we don't necessarily need, um, you know, oxygen to fuel that system. That's something that, boom, fires quick. Okay, we're talking um, very short-term uh, bursts of, of strength, movement, whatever we're doing, and the weightlifting falls right to that category, all right? Maybe a lift takes like 10 seconds. We're working predominantly fast-twitch muscle fibers. Um, the genetic makeup each person has is going to look a little different. So someone's going to be predominantly um, maybe fast twitch. So you see a lot of great sprinters, you know, they're genetically gifted for that sport. Someone that has um, a higher end of slow twitch muscle fibers, they're going to be better as a distance runner. They're not going to have a, a good time. No matter how hard they train, you know, they're probably not going to be able to compete with someone who is already genetically born with a lot of fast twitch muscle fibers. Same type of thing in powerlifting. You know, you see a guy like Larry Wheels, I, I tell you, uh, he's just a guy that is genetically born to lift weights. Uh, you know, his his makeup, whatever, his muscle fibers, they're, they're predominantly probably fast twitch because, um, you know, he's someone who, and you, you've probably seen cases like this too, with maybe you have a friend who he touches weights for the first time, all of a sudden he's freaking huge, tossing weight around, adding a shit ton to his lifts very quickly. Uh, as opposed to someone who has to work at it a little bit longer. And you see that in any sport. You know, not everyone's born to go to the NFL. For example, if you're not six foot something, you're not going to be an NFL lineman. You know, it's probably not going to happen. Uh, you can work your ass off, but unfortunately you just got the genetic shit out of the straw. You know what I mean? So um, you can uh, definitely transition some of those muscle fibers. Okay, so you could go from having more slow twitch muscle fibers 
to gaining some more fast twitch muscle fibers. You have some fibers in there that will actually transition based on the training that you're doing. Um, so that, again, goes back to training the nervous system. Okay, so you're not always looking to gain muscle, but make use of the muscle you have. And you can actually transition some muscle fibers. Okay, I mean, you're predominantly one or the other. You know, you're going to have more uh, slow or, or more fast twitch, but uh, through your training, okay, you can transition some of those. Okay, so maybe you'll never get to the point where you know, Larry Wills, how much he might, his genetic makeup, you might never get to that point through training. You know, that's just the genetic uh, makeup that you've been given, okay? But you can certainly make strides to get to that point, all right? So that's a, that's a huge thing when talking, developing the nervous system. And that, again, uh, is going to be the biggest way to make gains on your bench press, that and technique, uh, without having to gain weight. And when you're in a maintenance and a cutting phase, that's what you're going to want to look to do. That's something that we have our athletes do. We, got, we work in the, the heavy holds. Uh, cat work when necessary. I don't use cat work a ton with bench press. What I mean by cat work is your traditional speed work. So if you're wondering why I'm saying cat work, uh, that stands for compensatory acceleration training. Uh, that's uh, just fancy way to say speed work. That's something popularized by Fred Hatfield. Um, max effort work. So... Uh, we have a great lifter, Adam Bell, who he's currently he was going through a little bit of a cutting phase, and we actually transitioned him over from some of the volume he was doing um, to doing more max effort type work, uh, working on more of like a conjugate-based programming, something you'd see within those confines uh, where I have him working up to whether it's max effort, maybe doubles off a board or doing a max effort. Uh, close grip bench, something like that, some variation of the lift, but constantly rotating. Uh, so he's working at max effort every time he's benching. All right, heavy holds. This is something that we start throwing in after the early phases. Usually, if it's a 16 week training cycle, the last eight weeks are going to have some types of heavy holds in it to start the workout. And then isometrics, and we'll throw those in with some of our lifters too, especially to overcome sticking points. But these are all great things um, that will help you gain a bigger bench press without you necessarily have to gain weight. Okay, but coming back to it all full circle here, obviously gaining weight is your quickest ticket to a bigger bench. Uh, obviously in that gain, you want to have more muscle versus fat. So uh, gaining a shit ton of weight very quickly, your bench is going to go up, but what you probably did during that time is gain a substantial amount of fat too. Uh, so there was a period of time when um, yeah, I wanted to transition, just focus more on the bench. And uh, at the time I was competing 198. All right. So I would actually cut down from about 220, a little above 220. So um, you know, this was not a true 198 case scenario, but I was benching about 590 at the time after a 27 pound cut in competition. And I wanted to really start to push that bench up and get into a higher weight. So I knew I had to gain some weight. Uh, my shirt was very loose. So I actually went the route of gaining about 30 pounds in two months. Do not recommend that. Uh, majority of it, yes, was fat. Um, and a lot of water retention, you got to keep that in mind too, water retention. And that's really going to help play into your bench too. Anything that can make you fluffier, essentially, if you can be fluffier, you're going to have a better time on the bench. That's why a lot of times when you go into bench and you're well hydrated, um, 
you know, you load up on the carbs, the sodium, you're bloated, you're holding more body weight, you're going to have a hell of a day on the bench. Um, you're going to have more joint fluid. You're going to feel better. Uh, you're not going to feel like the weight's just destroying you or hurting. Um, you know, when I'm, if I feel dehydrated, if I didn't eat enough beforehand or I wasn't, you know, having enough electrolytes and things, you could just feel it. You could feel the difference when you go to bench. You could feel how, um, you know, my elbow might be a little crankier or for whatever reason, it just feels like you're, you're, you feel more of that load in your hands. Okay. Versus if you were well hydrated, uh, well fed, you know, you're going to have a really good day on the bench press. Okay. So, um, retaining water, that's a huge thing too. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of short term things you could do there to, um, acutely affect how you're going to perform in that session. So really trying to time your meals uh, beforehand and whatnot. So the role of the diet, you know, obviously if you're trying to cut weight and or maintain weight, the role of the diet is really, that's the key there. All right. So we talk about how you can continually get stronger benching um, by developing the nervous system and whatnot. But Really, a lot of that success, too, if you're trying to cut weight, is going to come through your diet. So now that you have less calories to work with, you have to make sure that what you're feeding yourself is of good quality. All right, something. Yeah, so if you're cutting weight, uh, I do not recommend you eating Pop-Tarts for breakfast. All right, because now you're, you're wasting some of the calories you do have on something that's not going to hold a lot of nutritional value for you. Okay, as opposed to if you're gaining weight, Sure, you got some more calories to play with. Not as big of a deal if you got sneak in some of those those bad foods, quote unquote. Okay, but if you're trying to lose weight, if you're trying to maintain weight, you don't have that excess calories to play around with. You want to make sure that you're getting in good quality, nutritious foods. All right, so that's going to play a huge, huge role. The timing of what you eat is going to be huge too. So I just talked about, you know, being able to affect your performance acutely by what you eat maybe in your pre-workout meal um, so for example if I know I have a big session coming up like I want that water retention that's actually going to help me so you know a lot of lifters kind of freak out if they're uh, if they're trying to cut weight right they kind of freak out if they step on the scale and they see that the weight's a little bit high that day you know they feel like they're at a loss like they screwed something up Right, but your weight's gonna fluctuate a shit ton, and based on what you ate or what you hydrated yourself with, um, you're gonna see fluctuations there as well. So anytime you start playing around with the big players like sodium, um, you know carbs, carbs get stored as glycogen in your muscles. Uh, sodiums that's going to hold a lot of water retention. That's gonna help, um, you know, the the muscles suck everything up too. Um, having water, you know, I'll tell you the quickest way. You can gain weight. Uh, you know, one of the things I would do on my load day when I was cutting at 27 pounds to, to, to the meats is um, I would have a big ass thing of rice and I'd pour soy sauce all over this rice. And, um, you know, I eat the whole damn container and I would shovel water. And man, you see your, your, your um, weight will jump up like 10 pounds. Um, but, you know, I'm not saying take it to that extent before a session. But, hey, if you have a meal, have a little bit of rice. Maybe you put a little soy sauce or something on it. You know, a little bit of sodium. You know, ramen noodles. That's something I've been getting into a lot recently. They're pretty damn good. But, um, 
you know, again, if you're cutting weight, you don't want anything that's not going to hold a, a lot of substance. You might want to go with something like a sweet potato, whatever. But the point is you're getting carbs in, get a little sodium in there, put sprinkle a little salt on it, right? Drink a bunch of water, and then bam, maybe you're up three, four, five pounds uh, going into the bench session. You're retaining more water and stuff. So that's going to help you out a lot when you train. So timing those carbs and stuff around workouts is going to help you out a lot, especially when you're, you're dropping weight because you got to think you, the performance in the gym still matters. The performance matters. So you got to time your meals um, accordingly. All right. Sammy Chu, my friend Sammy Chu, sounds like the menu at a Chinese prison. Well, I haven't been to Chinese prison yet. I bet it's probably a lot better than here because I like Chinese food more. But, um, yeah, Chinese food. Man, I go to Chinese food over here uh, a bunch because that's something um, that I love to eat, especially around workouts. Um, you know, granted, there's a lot of oil in there, too, make you feel like shit, but... Um, I get that sodium, that sodium, all the rice, uh, all that shit, that fuels you up, all right, whatever the hell, that fuels you up real good, uh, again, it's about getting bloated, all right, Cyclonic Rabbit says, great content, brother, you remind me a lot, every time I say brother, I think of Hulk Hogan, great content, brother, you remind me a lot of my boy, Mike Womack, lots of knowledge in one sitting, thanks. Uh, appreciate it, my friend. I don't think of myself as too much of a smart person, but I'm glad you think so. Um, Mike Womack, cool dude. Uh, I've talked to him on a few occasions uh, at the Arnold briefly. But, uh, you know, if I can get out to Texas, I'd love to bench with those guys. Um, you know, they have an awesome crew over there, the Bench Daddy crew. So, you know, if I can get out to them someday, I'd love to do that. Um, going to Texas this weekend. Um, got couple of our female lifters competing in a awesome event uh, USPA does called Queens of Iron and um, it's an all women's meet which I think is really cool just to see how far um, you know women competing powerlifting has come because back in the day you wouldn't have seen any of that you know there's far and few between uh, women lifters but now you know it's you see tons and tons of women lifters at meet which I think is awesome all right guys so yeah, I just wanted to uh, touch on that stuff for you today in the podcast. I hope you all enjoyed. Um, again, you do not need to gain weight to bench big. All right, and I can show you many scenarios in which lifters have lost weight and added substantial amount to their bench because a lot goes into strength. You know, I think that would be the key takeaway to this podcast is just that. Uh, there's a lot that goes into strength gain other than just gaining muscle mass or gaining weight. All right, A lot has to do with taking the muscle mass you have if you're on a diet, maintaining as much as possible, and then getting that muscle to work for you more efficiently. All right, So that's really the key. That's a take-home message here. Uh, and then again, the, another take-home is the role of your diet, like making sure that uh, especially if you're in maintenance or if you're cutting down, right? You don't have much to play around with. So uh, how you time your foods, you know, around your workouts, how you plan uh, the nutritious quality of those foods, that's all going to be very important. And I think one thing that we can all do a better job of is hydration. Uh, you know, I've recently just started, um, you know, I got uh, – 
my buddy there, Mike uh, Frazier, he's on our team. He's an athlete on our team. Uh, he sent me a package from Redcon because I wanted to switch some proteins. I got the Total War here right now. Get my pre-workout. I'm going to train a little after this. But um, he sent me over a, a great package there. I had a bunch of MRE proteins, some of these Total Wars. Uh, and it had uh, just a water jug. And, um, you know, I've been getting these big-ass gallon water jugs all the time. Uh, from the supermarket and whatnot, but uh, I thought the Redcon one was kind of cool, so I've been keeping that with me all the time, and it's been, you know, helping me just drink more water. I've been keeping uh, uh, that and the, the jug I have downstairs as well, so I have a jug everywhere I go in the house of water. Um, getting better about hydrating, I think that's something we can all do a better job of. I bet if you ask yourself honestly, do I drink enough water? Usually the answer is no. Um, if you're not peeing a shit ton, then you ain't drinking enough water. All right. Um, but, the one, one thing too, to, to add to that real quick before I go guys is, um, the morning, that's when you want to hydrate. So if you train in the morning, that should be the first thing you freaking go to is trying to get hydrated. And what I've done in the past, especially in the summer, cause I will sweat a ton at night. Um, and I want to refuel that as quickly as possible is don't go for the coffee. Don't go straight to the pre-workout. Okay. That's going to flush you out more. You want to get um, some kind of an electrolyte drink, some kind of a sports mix or something. I like to use noon tabs. Dump that right in a um, you know, glass of water or something. I would go right to the, fill up a glass of water, drop a noon tab in it, and then I uh, knock that thing back. All right, now will be the first thing I do, whether it's two or, or one, just one glass. And, um, you know, that'll get you right on that path of hydrating properly. So that's something big I think we could all do a better job of. All right, guys, I appreciate you tuning in to the BenchCast. And again, um, check out our VIP membership on BigBenches.com. That is the easiest way to lowest cost option to get involved with our team. You're going to get a host of benefits from joining that group, including free program templates, coaching critiques. You're going to get 50% off some of these great online courses we're coming out with, um, including our flagship course, uh, on the bench press, which is over 40 plus videos long. Uh, and then we're also coming out for you shirted lifters. We're coming out with a shirted benching uh, course. Okay. So again, VIP members will always receive 50% off that. You're going to get a discount to bigbenches.com. You know, the list goes on and on of great benefits you're going to get. And the exclusive content that we have on there is awesome. Uh, each month I lecture on a topic in a live webinar. So if you want to get involved with that, it's less than $10 a month. You can check out bigbenches.com and go to the VIP membership tab. All right, guys, I appreciate y'all joining in. And this has been. Oh, and before I leave, let's give a quick shout out to the man behind the camera, Elvis Mendez. All right. Um, it was his birthday the other day. Um, so when you're listening to this podcast, probably like two or three days ago now. But happy birthday to the man behind the camera, the guy that, that um, you know, usually sitting here with us on these podcasts, edits the podcast for us, edits those great videos that you see. All right. And also... Um, he recently just tugged his back out. I don't know what he did with his back, but, um, let's wish him a speedy recovery. I know he's been going through a host of issues trying to get back to training heavy. Um, so big shout outs and, um, you know, wishing our buddy Elvis Mendez the best. All right. And you have been listening to the Benchcast.